0: Okay, so as I mentioned, today we're starting off our focus for the Christmas season um, today and uh, we're going to be taking inspiration from some of the traditional Christmas carols, right? Which is why we've had some today and particularly that one we just sang, um, you know, is is the one that we're going to be looking at today, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And really, when I say we're taking inspiration from them, what we're doing is we're actually um, looking into some of the scripture that... uh, um, you know, might help us understand why these songs um, have become as meaningful as they are for Christmas season, for church, for church, and for followers of Jesus. And my hope is that when we sing these songs and when we dig into their meaning, we might find some prayers that we could be praying. Um, we might find an um, you know an understanding of these songs that goes beyond you know a Christmas carol that we enjoy, um, and we might be able to connect with the story, with the scripture that's behind the song, and we might be able to hear these songs for, for um, you know, this Christmas season um, or, or in the years to come, and we'll, and we'll remember the way that the story of Scripture and the story of Jesus' birth actually um, affects our lives today, right, in a very relevant and real way. And so I don't claim to really know the original songwriters' intents or, or be able to read their minds, as, you know, in terms of understanding what they had in mind, but I think it's clear to see that those who wrote these songs um, had scripture in mind, right like like kind of like every good hymn writer you know <laughs> they have scripture in mind, they have a, a point that they're trying to get across and they're trying to um, help us understand a biblical narrative and and um, and so it's my prayer that as we turn to to some of these songs and to some of these scriptures that we'll uh, be able to gain an understanding and, and and build a connection with these songs in a way we haven't before and so the first verse, I want to read it to you. It's what we've just sang. Um, it says, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lowly exile here until the Son of God appear. And so at the heart of this song, there seems to be this invitation or prayer right, that is asking Emmanuel, which I think many of us will know is Jesus, if you didn't know, <laughs> now you know, and um, it's a term that, that they use for him, and that word Emmanuel means God with us, right, we're going we're gonna to read that in our scripture today, and, and we're inviting him to come, and not just to come because that's a nice thought to have baby Jesus on earth, but, <laughs> but to come because with his presence, um, he's going to pay the price to free God's people. Right? That's, that's what this song is about. That's what this, the, the scriptures teach us. And um, there's an understanding that, that until Jesus' presence comes, God, God's people are not going to um, find their salvation. Right? With his presence comes salvation uh, and comes everything that we need. And so the idea that God's people are in waiting for their saviour to come and save them, it's, it's like an old idea, but it's also a present day idea too. Right, the Jewish people were, were long awaiting their Messiah to come—the Savior, the King, the this this priest, this anointed priest who would come and would set all things right for God's people again. It was in the back of the minds of Jewish um, of the Jewish people of Jesus' day. When is he going to come? Is he going to come? And I, and I I could imagine them singing this that first line, you know, O come, O come Emmanuel. Oh, come, the one who will be like a representation of God's presence with us. Probably, I, I imagine this, I'm trying to think, okay, how can we understand their mindset? How can we get a picture of, of, of the mindset of, of Mary and Joseph, you know, who, who, are, who are good Jewish people who understand this idea of a Messiah who will one day come to free us? How can we understand that? I think for us as followers of Jesus, it's much like us our understanding that Jesus will return one day. And we don't know when, but at some point he's coming and he's going to set all things right. And, and there's really a way in which that's the same. It's the same kind of feeling. You know, they, the Jewish people of Jesus, they had this feeling and, and we have that feeling ourselves. You know, we expect Jesus to come. Right. And so there's kind of a, a, a layer, layered effect to this, you know, the meaning of that idea that come God, be with us, you know, set things right. That was the that was the um, the feeling of the day, and so um, you know we need to be careful that as we enter into the Christmas season, we don't just say, "Oh, you know, this is about Jesus being born," you know, and um, it kind of becomes like a little bit disconnected. But my hope for us is that each Christmas, the reality of a Savior's presence, you know, would be the thing that we really connect with and hold on to, coming into our lives you know, a savior's presence coming into our lives would become like a real experience for us, you know, and not just something that's sort of, um, you know, in the background. That Christmas would not just be a reflection on the birth of Jesus, but it would be a recognising of the one who brings God's presence into our lives and does so every day, right? And so one of the things that... um you know, as I've been digging into the, the story of Jesus' birth and and today we're really just looking at where, you know, the way Mary and Joseph find out about the story. One of the things that strikes me about the Virgin Mary and her story is that she had an experience of God's presence, didn't she? You know, in a way that completely took over her life. You know, when, when Jesus enters her life, in a sense, in a way like no other person has experienced, um, you know, she couldn't come back from that. It was life-changing. It was—it was just something that took over her life. An angel shows up, tells her she's going to conceive the Messiah. Right? That would have been pretty amazing. <laughs> the savior of her people is going to grow in her belly. And then she has to say, okay, you know, we, we just heard her say, all right, you know, let it be, Lord. I'm—I'm I'm happy to accept that if that's what you want to do. And then while a virgin, a baby begins to grow in her belly. You know, her belly actually starts to expand and grow, (laughs) you know, and she can't hide it. God's presence is actually in her life in a very real way, an unmistakable way to her. God's presence is with her. Emmanuel has come into her life. The prayers of her people for centuries past, you know, of asking God to send their Saviour are being answered and She's the one, <laughs> you know, that's a pretty amazing thing. And so I'm hoping that as each Christmas goes by, we would have experiences where we can see God's presence. And it might sound a little bit funny, but I'm going to go there with the <laughs> illustration. But I'm praying that we could become pregnant with Emmanuel, you know, that we could actually have that intimacy with Jesus enough to know that he's inside of us. He's, he's with us. He's connected um, into our lives, that we and, and not that we would just recognize that, but that we would pray for Him to come. You know that we'd have this prayer on our minds: "O come, O come, Emmanuel; O come and be with us, God." We want to see Your presence, you know, and we'd get we capture that um, that heart of the Jewish people. You know, the, the Jews who would have prayed for the Messiah to come and free them from their, from their captivity of oppression or whatever it was. They kind of had it a bit skewed. It wasn't quite the, you know, the, the national liberty that they were hoping for. But, but that idea that they were expecting and believing for him to come. I'm, I'm praying that we could have that for our own life, you know, for our own experience, for our families. Jesus, please come and be in our family. You know, come and come and be in this Christmas season with me, through this stressful work season with me. Come and be, be part of everything that I'm going through. You know, that's really the prayer that we're aiming for today. And so we're going to read um, from Matthew's gospel, and we're going to open up to chapter one there and start at verse 18. And um, actually, I might, just before we do that, might add that the genealogy right at the start of Matthew's gospel, this is like... Um, you know, Matthew's way of saying, yes, this is the Messiah. You know, the, the baby who has been born of the Virgin Mary, yes, he, he's exactly who you think he is. You know, the one you've been praying for, descendant of Abraham, descendant of, of um, King David, he's the one that's been prophesied about, right? And so it's like this, this procession and it's like, you can't get this wrong, guys. Here it is. Um, here's the list from, from, uh, from Abraham. Okay, and so interestingly in this story, you know, we, we read, I, I read to you before Luke chapter 1 and it's, and the focus is on Mary and her receiving that message. And now in Matthew's gospel, the focus is on Joseph, right? And, and really how he, how he grapples with this idea that his fiance has become pregnant, right? And he knows he's not the father, right? So he's grappling with that information. It says this in Matthew 1 verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. Right? Read, they were betrothed or they were engaged. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law. And yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. So let's try and f- understand this a little bit better. Joseph and Mary are betrothed, which in, in that day is like a far greater deal than your, your usual engagement of today's modern Western culture, right? These two ha- had been through a ceremony together. They'd exchanged vows together. Um, they, were, they were pretty much legally married right? But the way it worked was that, um, you know, uh, Joseph was known as Mary's husband, but Mary was living in her father's house for about a year. You know, the period of the, the betrothal um, would usually last about a year. And then the, the way they would finalize the marriage was at the right time, Joseph would ceremoniously go and take his, his, uh, his wife from her father's house to his own house. And then they're finally married. That's sort of the, the the end of the the end of the um, event, if you like. And at this point, they can start their own family. And the betrothal could only be broken by, um, you know, basically the same ways a marriage could be broken, either by getting a divorce um, for the correct grounds, or by a death of one of the partners, right? And so this is this is sort of the situation that it was. It, Sometimes we read that they were pledged to be married and it's like, oh yeah, they were engaged, but no, it's far more serious. They were basically married. And Joseph finds out somehow that his fiance is pregnant. And I was reflecting on this. How did he find out? And I wonder if Mary was the one who had the conversation with him, (laughs) you know? And I wonder how that would have played out. Um, And so we're not really told how, but you could imagine her coming to him, you know, and saying, so I'm pregnant, and yes, the child is not yours, but hear me out, you know. An angel came and spoke to me and um, gave me a message from God, everything's going to be okay, it's actually part of God's plan. The baby that I have in me is, is actually um, put there by the Holy Spirit, he's created life in me. You can imagine it just saying this stuff and him just going, mm-hmm, yep, okay. Hard to believe, <laughs> even with his uh, desire to see a Messiah come, and and her explaining that, yep, the angel said it's the Messiah. You know, uh, I wonder what he was thinking. I wonder if he was thinking, oh, look, how am I going to get out of this? I don't. This she's either gone crazy, or, um, you know, I, I don't know what the deal is. <laughs> I don't think he necessarily believed her straight away, and and as we read, it seems like he's he's just looking to. Um, you know, he, he wants to remain faithful to the law, which means he wants to do something just in this situation. He realizes he's been wronged because he doesn't believe her. He thinks she's slept with someone. And, um, and uh, you know, he's wondering, what am I going to do? And so he doesn't want to expose her to public disgrace. He could have done that. He could have taken her to public court and had her disgraced and her family disgraced. And, and um, you know, if it was Old Testament times, maybe um, she would have been stoned to death if he did that. Right? This was this is what the, what what it says in Deuteronomy. Pretty awful sort of a thing to happen. But by Jesus' day, maybe just completely disgraced publicly. And instead it says he has in mind to just sort of go down to birth deaths and marriages, you know, get a couple of random witnesses, let's just sort of, you know, brush this thing under the under the carpet sort of deal. We won't have to worry about it. <clears throat> and so Let's keep reading and see what happens. It says in verse 20, After he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people From their sins. He's knowing exactly what all of that means now. And uh, funnily enough, it's all the things that um, Mary probably told him about. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. He, finished, he completed the marriage ceremony. But he did not consummate their marriage, that it means exactly what you think it means, until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. So he wakes up from his dream and you could imagine he's running straight to Mary's house. And you can imagine now it's his turn to share with her, you know, and and to be able to say, he's probably saying, I'm sorry. And he's probably saying, God showed up to me the same way he showed up to you. And, uh, you know, he called me a son of David. You can imagine him saying, he called me a son of David. And, And while he knows he's from the line of David, this is code to the Jewish people that the Messiah can come from your family. You know, the Messiah will come from your family line. And so in some ways, he has to marry this woman in order for that to sort of look like it's come from him, right? So he's putting the pieces together. He, he, you can imagine him puzzled, and he's coming to Mary explaining this. And, and he told me that I should not be afraid to take you home as my wife. He, he also told me that the child in you is a son from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings in the, the Messiah, you know, the kingdom of God, He. The Holy Spirit's role is, you know, you see it in Scripture, he's always establishing the things of God. And we won't be calling him Joseph, you know. <laughs> you could imagine him saying that, you know, I probably would have liked to call my first son Joseph, but we won't be doing that. We won't be calling him any other family name. It'll be Jesus, right, because he's going to save. This is what, um, you know, the, the Hebrew and Greek words, um, or sorry, the Hebrew word for Jesus, I think was Yeshua. And that means he will save his people from um, their sins, right? And so you can imagine him just piecing this all together. Salvation has come, you know, and he's like excited, probably elated at this point as he's trying to explain it to her. His heart goes from frustration to um, and angst to belief and expectation, you know, kind of like that the hope of God's people is finally here, and I get to be part of it. You know, the the message from the angel has convinced him that everything Mary had told him was actually uh, true, and and with that, you could imagine him singing, you know, O Carmo, Carmi, Emmanuel. Like, yes, let's let 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 it be, Lord. You know, you could imagine him saying this, and so. You know, it's pretty hard to find application, <laughs> for. But this story, in, I found it hard to just draw application like we're so removed from that culture and that day, but the idea of praying for God to come, you know, into our into every part of our life and particularly this Christmas season, I was sharing with some of the guys um, at the men's brekkie yesterday, you know, I'm going up to Toowoomba on Boxing Day and um, seeing my mum's side of the family and I, I'm not even sure if I'll be able to see my mum's dad He's not well, um, but the, the family uh, situation there isn't great, you know. And, and for me, I was thinking my prayer this Christmas is that Jesus would come into that family situation, you know, and into my pop's life and into the, the tense relationships that exist there, you know. And that would be my prayer as I try and draw application from this. You know, it's just a messy situation. I don't understand it, but God, I need you to show up. And I need your presence there. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm praying, O come, O come, Emmanuel. God, be with me in this. You know, I want to see Jesus act in that. And maybe for you, I don't know what your Christmas looks like this year. Um, you know, and, and what tensions you've got going on in your life. And, and the things that you're just really hoping God will show up and do something in. You know, and, and maybe even it's a prayer for the coming year as well. O come, O come, Emmanuel. The challenge is to be intentional about this as well, because we know God's with us. You know, He promised us His presence. We know, you know, the Holy Spirit dwells in us. We're pregnant with Him in a sense, but we don't always notice because we don't we don't have like you know, the belly happening, and uh, you know, we're not um, we don't always notice it like that the way Mary did. And so, to be intentional, to be able to say. God, um, you know, God, as we as we go and spend time with family this Christmas, can you can you be with us? You know, as we say grace, you know, around around a Christmas meal or something, even just to say, God, be be with us. You know, come Emmanuel, God, be with us. Make that part of your prayer. Maybe it's a, a tense family relationship that's been going on for a long time, and maybe we just haven't been intentional about journaling or writing that down and saying, God, I need you in this. I need you to come, and I expect you to be here. I expect your presence, you know? And so you know what things you're facing, um, whether it be at work, whether it be uh, for the Christmas season, um, whatever things you've got on your heart, and maybe um, your prayer today uh, as as we close, as we come to communion would be, God, I need your presence more than ever, you know and i and i want to make this a part of my life every day just god i need you today i need you to to help me this week i need you to give me your presence and help me to recognize your presence help me to recognize being being pregnant with you in a sense so i wonder how it is that god's speaking to you now and um which part of your life he's asking you to to invite him into? And I want us to reflect on that for a moment. Um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna come to communion, and um, however God's inviting you to to respond and and all that. I want you to be able to do that through communion. And so, Joseph and Mary they saw the coming of Jesus into the world as salvation. And um, salvation from, from sin, salvation for really the whole world. And um, today we get to remember that, you know, this baby Jesus, the, the Jesus that came into Mary's life and changed her life forever, actually ends up, as we know, going to the cross, doesn't he? Right? The, the Christmas time is about celebrating not just the fact that Jesus came, but he also died for us. He lived a life for us. He died for us on the cross. His blood was shed on the cross. His, his flesh was broken for us on the cross. And um, it's an amazing thing, I think, that, that Jesus has done this for us. And so I'm going to pray a prayer of consecration, and then um, I'm going to invite you to come. And um, I'm going to read some scripture. I think Deb's going to play a little bit for us as well. And I'll read some scripture. And as I start reading scripture, you're welcome to come. And, I'm, and the scripture I'm going to be reading is um, Mary's song, right? And she has, a, she has a, a song of praise, just reflecting on how good God is, the fact that he's shown up for his people. And as I read that, you might like to reflect on those words as well. And think about the way that God's going to show up for you. Show up in the, in the way that you need him to in your life in this season. And so let's pray together. God of grace and mercy, we thank you that you have always loved us and provided for our redemption. We thank you for your son who died to save us and for your spirit who invites us to draw near. Guide us now as we commemorate the suffering of our Lord. Help us to remember the cost of our salvation. Help us to commune with you and with each other. And so consecrate the bread and juice which are here prepared, that as we partake of them, we may receive the spiritual benefits of Christ's broken body and shed blood. In his name we pray, amen. So come forward and grab um, a cup here. You can take it back to your seats and then we'll uh, share in it together once everyone's got some. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Take and eat this, remembering that Jesus' body was broken for you. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Take and drink this, remembering that Jesus' blood was shed for you. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful. To Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Amen.